You are tuned in to the Real Estate Agent Man Podcast, coming to you from Sarasota County, Florida. We are back in the studio today with Tony and Michelle Moore from Golfside Mortgage Services, discussing secrets of real estate that should not be secrets. As we continue our conversation, we will discuss how private mortgage insurance affects your interest rate, how jumbo loans have been affected by COVID, and current scams that could cost you dearly. People are always talking about first-time buyer programs. That's like the big thing in real estate lending, first-time buyers. But what are the great options currently for seasoned homeowners and snowbirds? You know, they need to be able to borrow money too, especially at 3% interest rates. They don't want to take their half a million dollars out of their investments when they can just borrow money for 3%. Talk to me about that. I think you're talking about like second home, vacation home. Okay, let's just do that. Let's focus on the second home, vacation home. Okay. So, uh, I mean, we see a huge influx, obviously, with being down here in Florida. Uh, People are buying houses, whether they want to retire in a few years and move down here, or if they just want to use it as a second home, vacation home to see their family or or whoever they have down here. And uh, there's a lot of great products out there for them. You can actually purchase a second home with as little as 10% down. Which is, which is great. And when you're I don't talking, think most people know that. A lot of people don't know that. You can buy a condo, a second home condo with 10% down also. Uh, so whatever type of second home that you have, as long as the condo gets approved, but you're still looking at those awesome interest rates, just like all the other going rates, as long as your credit score is good. They have mortgage insurance on it. You can have an upfront mortgage insurance or a monthly. But the great thing about these products, it's a conventional loan. Once you pay it down to 80%, the mortgage insurance goes away. And a lot of people don't understand this. The interest rate at 80% loan to value is the worst interest rate out there. The reason why everybody, everybody thinks that 80% is the best. The reason why it's the worst is because the lending institute, the bank is letting you borrow the most amount of money that they'll allow with no mortgage insurance, no protection. So you're literally borrowing the most they'll allow you to. So when people put down 20%, they think they're getting the best rate. They're getting the worst rate. So they're not necessarily saving on their monthly payment or... Not as much as they would have thought they were. Correct. By not having private mortgage insurance. You actually get a better interest rate when you have mortgage insurance. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yep, a lot of people don't. And uh, if you pay down the loan to 80% after closing sometime, you can actually get the mortgage insurance removed automatically at that time. And it's not just a matter of paying it down. It could just be that your value went up, right? You get an appraisal. Mm -hmm. It shows that you have 80% equity in the home based off a of current appraisal? It doesn't work like that? Yep. There's three ways. And this is one thing we actually go over at closing with borrowers that have PMI, uh, the mortgage insurance. And there's, there's a few different ways to get rid of it. The first way that you get rid of it is you pay down the loan to 80% of the original purchase price. So whatever you put down, you pay it down to 80%, it automatically goes away. The second way to get rid of it is it automatically goes away when you would, uh, your scheduled payments would be down to 80%, which is 11, 12 years in the future. Then the other two ways to get rid of it is to use the new appraised value. So option number one is from your 24th payment to your 60th payment. So that's year two to five. As long as you can prove to the lender you have at least 25% equity in the house, they'll remove it. You either have to get a BPO, an online valuation, or you have to get an appraisal. And the second way is from month 60 on, so year five on, you can do the same thing, BPO or appraised value. And at that time, you only have to show you have 20% equity in the house. Any of those ways that you do it, your PMI automatically goes away. 
Uh, you do have to work with the lender when you're getting appraisal. Uh, but the other two, as soon as you pay it down, it goes away automatically. I'm glad you explained it that way because most people don't know that either, the difference with uh, the appraisals. I'm going to have to listen to this podcast like several times to mm-hmm. make sure that I really caught all that because there's a lot of meat in there. I know yeah. there is. And you know, just the basic thing that I just caught is that when I'm talking to my customers and they're you know being concerned about PMI and all that, it sounds like I can say, look, there's a chance you can have a lower interest rate than you would have if you didn't have PMI. Talk to your lender about that. Right. Absolutely. Right. So as long as I say talk to your lender about that, I'm safe. You are safe. (laughs) (laughs) Ask that question to your lender. If your lender can't answer that question, you're working with the the wrong lender. I mean, if you can't explain what interest rates are and how to get rid of your PMI or any of these things... How are you working with the right person? You really got to make sure that you have somebody who knows what they're doing. I mean, you don't want to walk into surgery with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, it's just the way it goes. What's that knife for? What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) You don't want to have a foot surgery with an eye doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I feel you there. I recently called you about somebody who was looking for a mortgage that would be 10% down on over a million dollars. And that wasn't something that we could do. How does that work? Why why can't we do that? And, and what are the parameters? And like trying to borrow a million dollars. So that's a great question. And unfortunately, right now with everything that hope happened with COVID, uh, one of the the areas of our industry that got hurt was the jumbo loan market, okay. the jumbo loan market, and also the portfolio market. The por- portfolio lenders are lenders that lend their own money and don't go by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac guidelines. Well, jumbo loans are exactly the same as that. They don't go by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They're not backed by the government. They're a portfolio lender. Um, So what happens is a lot of those jumbo lenders were scared and didn't know what's going to happen. And the last thing they wanted to do was lend money to somebody, especially at 90%. And then all of a sudden them go into foreclosure or forbearance because they lose their job due to COVID. So we literally lost about 60% of our jumbo lenders since COVID started, and they pulled back on a lot of their products. There are some lenders out there, and I'll tell you, we refer them out to everybody all the time. And there's some, uh, some wonderful credit unions out there that are doing jumbo loans at better deals and higher loan to values than we can do. So it's not that they're not available. It's just harder to find them right now. Well, and as common sense, it is the, you know, as the economy changes, mm-hmm. lending is going to change. Absolutely. And it needs to. Yes. We all need it to. Nobody wants to see 2009 ever again. No. Right. Although there's a lot of people never going to see 2020 again, too. And that's what a lot of people don't realize with COVID. If, if the borrower misses even one payment during that first 12 months, that lender is stuck with that loan forever. And no lender wants that, that option. Um, they have to have the ability to sell it if they have to free up business, if they have to open up their books a little bit. So when, yeah, to give them cash flow. So if they're stuck with that loan forever, that's not good. So if you're looking to do a jumbo loan at some point, you want to get into that million dollar house and you only have a hundred thousand dollars, you just have to be patient and, and just wait for the economy to come back around to where there's more people feeling comfortable doing that. Right. Right. So it's not like it, it won't happen again. It's just happening very little right now. Very little. And there are still some lenders doing it. Yeah. You know, like Michelle said, as far as the jumbo market goes, we still do jumbos. We still have four or five lenders that are doing them. Um, but the high loan of values is not where us in the correspondent lending are at. The portfolio lending, which is some of the credit unions, they're taking more risk with those jumbo lenders because they want to capture you as a banker. 
right? Those credit unions want to pull you in. They want to get your bank accounts. They want to get your credit cards. They want to get everything. So they've opened up to do more because they know that the rest of the industry is pulled back a lot and not doing it right now. Right. So where are they doing them at? 20% down? No, they have some 10% down. Oh, they do have some 10s, mm-hmm. but is, is 20 more common? Uh, Yes. I'm just guessing. Yeah. A lot more common. Okay, and and so, we okay. do 20 or more down. Okay. Um, we're, we're very competitive uh, when it comes to those, but the, those higher loan to values, we can't even, we can't even do it over 20, or less than 20% down. Yeah. And then they'll probably have to open up a checking account or a savings account with that, that institution to secure that loan as well. You know, that helps them uh, with that business. It secures the, the loan for them and makes it look better on the books. Well, I think one of the great takeaways from this little segment right here is that you are still the people that they should call because if you can't do it, you're referring the customers to people who can. You know who those people are. Yes, we stay local. Yeah. yeah, we continually work with everybody local and we find the product for them. We let people know what's available and where to go. It's the same thing with the home equity line of credit. We don't do them, but I'll tell you, I know who does locally and where the best places are to go. And I'm going to steer people in the right direction to make sure they're getting with somebody to do them because home equities is another one. Home equities range from you paying thousands of dollars in closing costs to paying zero in closing costs, to having prepayment penalties to no prepayment penalties. There's so many different caveats on them that it, unless you are in the industry or call around to 40 different banks, you're not going to know the answers. Yeah, I recently had somebody write a review for us online and, and they said, you can either uh, buy a ton of homes and get good at it or you could just call Steve and Katrina. <laughs> exactly. And, I, I them, and that's really what it is. You know, let the people who do this all the time be the ones who are guiding you through it. Right. We are halfway through another great podcast with Golfside Mortgage Services. You do not want to miss the next seven minutes. Before this day is over, make sure you visit GolfsideMortgageServices.com. And when you call them, mention that you heard this real estate agent man podcast. And now back with Tony and Michelle Moore. I wanted to try and hit on common scams. I received a call from a customer who I put into a house in January. He called me yesterday and said, Steve, I just got to bounce this off you. I got something in the mail and it says that I need to pay $89. I need to send a check to this, this address so that they'll give me a copy of my deed. Do I really need to do that? That's one of the oldest scams in the book from my world, but this is a gentleman who's only bought a couple of houses in Florida, so he's not familiar with that. Right. The thing that I was happy about is he was smart enough to call me mm-hmm. and say, is this real? You know, so what kind of scams do you guys see in the, the lending world? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blank. So, <laughs> so, you know, Steve, that's, I mean, honestly, that's one of the biggest things that we also talk about at closing and through the whole entire transaction with our oh. borrowers because... Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> so, so we talked to him the whole time. Because there's so much that happens. Uh, the one you're talking about, you know, it's not illegal for them to do that. They're literally going to go get your deed and they're going to mail it to you for 50 cents or 59 cents, whatever the cost of stamp is, and charge you $90 to do it. So it's not illegal. You're paying for their service. So you got to be careful. The biggest scam that's happening right now and has been going over the last two years is wire fraud scam. And we literally, and the title companies and everybody talks to everybody daily about this. You know, we have to very, we have to be careful. We have to make sure that we're uh, confirming the wire 
instructions from the title company. We have to make sure that we're going to our bank. We have to make sure we're watching our emails because there's so many scams and frauds out there right now. And, and with this being 2020, there's more now than ever because there's so many people that are sitting at home trying to figure out ideas to get people and whatever it is. Um, but the wire fraud scam is huge. Uh, the one that you talked about, about the deed and getting the deed is also an, another big scam. Social security scams right now. People will call you and uh, say your social security number has been tampered and your credit, you know, and they've charged all these things on your credit. So what's your social security number so we can verify that this is you? Older people or young people, they don't know the difference and, and you should never give that information Social Security will never call you and ask you for your Social Security number. Or the IRS. Or the IRS. That's another big one. Yep. And, you know, Michelle's going outside the realm of lending, but it's not really. Because if somebody gets your information and you have identity theft or they compromise your credit card and there's late payments on your credit card, guess guess what happens? You don't get your mortgage. You don't get a mortgage. Or you got to pay a worse rate for it because of somebody, because uh, of a identity mm-hmm. theft. I'm just trying to think from the side of evil Steve. If I was trying to do stuff like that, who would I target? You target lenders. You try and hack their emails. You try and hack the emails of real estate agents and title companies because you've got a good chance of finding people that are about to spend a lot of money. Yes. And, and you know, I was going to say, the way that we've actually, it's been presented to us is that these fishers out there, these these internet fishers that fish your uh, your email, they look for the words of buying real estate, selling real estate. Those are what they're looking for. And if you have an email that's an old email, like an AOL account or something that you haven't updated your password in a long time, and they've got into your email by you clicking on something that you shouldn't have clicked on, and all of a sudden now, now they see every email, they literally intercept the email from the title company, redo it, change one letter in the email address, and send you their wire instructions to send a wire to them. So you have to be super careful because they're super crafty and, and, and they can get people pretty easily. I mean, it's happened to one or two of our customers over the last few years. Thank God they didn't send any money, but they got a fishy email that we were like, that's not from the title company. You got to be careful. Well, the last, the last broker I was with, somebody who had lost about $500,000 oh, wow. in a deal like that. I mean, it wasn't the broker's fault. I'm not throwing them under the bus, but that kind of thing just scares me. It's mm-hmm. very scary. You know? So, I mean, I'm having all kinds of conversations all the way along the process. When it gets to the point and people are starting to talk about wiring money, one of our local realtors, I'm not mentioning their name, but we all share email addresses because we're always talking to each other about the different houses and doing sales together. And Katrina and I both received an email that made it obvious that their email was hacked. Mm-hmm. So... I immediately go in and change my email password to a different 26-digit <laughs> <laughs> password. Yeah, fortunately, fortunately, our son's in cybersecurity. He watches all this stuff, and you know, we use a program now that auto-generates these massive, ridiculous passwords. And it's a smart thing to do. He makes it us is. change them out and all that. So if anybody, it's smart. If anybody's getting information, it shouldn't be through my email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we change ours all the time too and it's 26 letters and yeah. uh numbers and symbols and symbols, symbols yeah. and it's it's very important and one thing that we do is we're the same way. We educate our borrowers from the beginning about wire fraud. We have a form that they send up. We send them. It's in our email. We will never ask you to wire us money ever. And then when we get to the closing and we tell them before you wire those funds, call the title company because title companies change their wire instructions all the time. And they're not always good at calling all their customers 
to tell them that they change. So the wiring such instructions they got 30 days ago might not be the same. So when they wire the funds, it could who knows where it would go. And once it's gone, once it ends up in that offshore bank account, it's gone. It's right. Gone. Well, there was a there was a, not too long ago. It was in 2019. Somebody sent a million dollars to an offshore account in Sarasota. They were paying cash for a house, and they lost it. And um, you know, it's it. But the thing is, is that yes, that's horrible. Nobody wants to lose a million dollars ever. But think about the first time home buyer who has to send five thousand dollars and has been saving up for the last five years to get that kind of money, and they're so happy, they're so everything. And if they don't double check and look and they wire their money, their dreams are crushed. Right? Yeah. It's horrible. Do you believe the wealth of information here? This is incredible. Hey, have you told your friends about us yet? You need to get them over to stevemartinhomesgroup.com and check out the podcast page. What are you waiting for? And tune in next week for the third and final episode with Golfside Mortgage Services, when we will unravel the mysteries of interest rates and get the truth about first-time homebuyer programs. Real estate agent fan. Tony Moore, NMLS number 220-640. Michelle Moore, NMLS number 223-691.